ladies and gentlemen. Polish your silver and sharpen your stakes. It's time for week three of the 2017 Wanna finish your chores and cinch your drawers, for this week culminates a bloody, beguiling, bemournful year of cryptid competition. Hi, I'm your host, David Flora. And I'm your lackey, Dave Stecco. <laughs> Ingratiating. Week one has seen a bloody brawl with a cat that came out on top. Week two, still up in the air, but to be decided tonight. And week three is where the contestants get to show their sexy side. Ooh la la. Keeping it in the Northern Hemisphere this week, we'll be taking a pungent perusal of the Moon-Eyed People of the American South. The Holdra of Scandinavia. And from New England, Hoover the Talking Seal. Dave, are you wearing your water and bloodproof boots? Yeah, that's the same thing, pretty much. If you if you if it's proof against one, you're gonna do pretty good against the other, so I got lucky. One's sticky. <laughs> look look out. I'm ready to meet these ladies head on. Whatever they got to dish out, I can take it. I'm a veteran of three different cryptid contests, and this will be no different. Well, we're all veterans now. Mm-hmm. Especially with all the gore we've seen in this year's 2017 Miss Crypt's Cryptid Contest! Contest. <laughs> oh man. Hello everybody and welcome to the third week. Whew. The ultimate. The penultimate. We, we don't have another co- competition week. Well, I mean, but it's still the, the week before the big decision. It's it's the week before we we crown one. Yeah. Yeah. So but, it's, this but is it's, the penultimate week. But it's the last week where we introduce cryptids. I'm I'm sticking by my guns here. You call it how you like it. I'm sticking by my guns. Sticking by my guns. Wow. St- stick it, sticky bubble gums. Gun sticker. I like our chances in this one. Yeah. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. I am real excited about this week. I'm excited to announce the winner of last week. Oh. I don't, I don't know if you know. <laughs> I know that I don't know, and that should never surprise anyone. But I do know that it's going to be a tough call, real tough call. It is. It's probably the closest one we've ever had. Yeah, and you know what? I was discussing it with a coworker today who is following the 2017 Miscrypted contest, and I, you know, full disclosure, I think he was trying to glean some sort of inside track, 
And I was like, well, you are new to the podcast because what you quickly figure out is I am the last person to find out. <laughs> yeah. And it's all we got going for us is the anticipation. So, right. So, so don't want to find out soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, though. We uh, were, were doing a couple of uh, U.S. cryptids and then hopping on over to ye old Scandinavia. Oh, man. We got some fun ones this week. The Moon-Eyed People, Hoover the Talking Seal, and the Holdra. Oh, man. So, let, Flora, take us first to Appalachia or Appalachia or Appaloosa or Apollonia. However anyone wants to call it, hashtag America. Flora, take us there. Will do. Let's talk about the Moon-Eyed People. Now, Cherokee legends tell of a race of pale, diminutive people who live deep in the woods of Appalachia, known as the Moon-Eyed People. So-called by the Cherokee due to their large blue eyes, which are said to be extremely sensitive to the sun, forcing these tiny bearded weirdos to come out at night. Not unlike the freaks. (laughs) That's kind of what I was thinking, too. You know what? Every time I see Moon-Eyed People, I think of Monty Burns. I come in peace. It comes in peace. Get it. <laughs> Get him. <laughs> and it only comes once a week, like Urkel. Yeah. <laughs> um, their story is one of misery and persecution at the hands of the other tribes in the region. Uh, one of the legends tells of the moon-eyed people being driven from their homelands by the Creek tribe. According to the legend, the Creek waited until the full moon was too bright even for the moon-eyed people, and the creek ambushed them and ran them off. Just over the North Carolina border in Georgia is a place called Fort Mountain. Now a state park, Fort Mountain gets its name from the 850-foot-long stone wall that varies in height from 2 to 6 feet and stretches along the top of the ridge there. This stone wall is thought to have been constructed around 400 to 500 CE. According to one Cherokee legend, this wall is a remnant of a war that the moon-eyed people fought and lost against the neighboring Creek nation. Another version has the Cherokee as the aggressors, driving the moon-eyed people from their home at Hiawassee, a village near what is now Murphy, North Carolina, west into Tennessee, drove them from North Carolina into Tennessee. Both versions of the story say the moon-eyed people began living underground after losing the war. What was that movie about uh, underground mole people? Is it The Descent? I don't think I you saw know, it. I did see it. Uh, boy, hold on. Now I got to look. Yeah, that was it. The Descent. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I watched that one. Oh, wow. You know what? North Carolina, after descending into some caves. Yeah, I think that this is directly... Uh, oh, yeah, I didn't realize. I've seen the movie, and I, they don't. As far as I recall, they don't mention the moon-eyed people. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty cool. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a few more things uh, about this, but I think it's interesting to observe that they were already sensitive to light before being driven underground. <laughs> right. Yeah. They they already didn't like the sun, and so I guess they were like, "Fine, not going to mess with me." Yeah. One thing of particular interest is that unlike most Cherokee legends, 
The Moon-Eyed people are referred to as a separate race that existed alongside Cherokee in pre-Columbian North America. The history of this nocturnal nano-tribe is as interesting as the legend itself. According to a 16th century manuscript published by Humphrey Lloyd, a Welshman by the name of Prince Madoc was believed to have sailed across the Atlantic in 1171 landing where everybody would land if they sailed across the Atlantic to America, yeah. Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> yeah, it is it is a it's a it's a damn not a, a geographic mystery. <laughs> Only took him 2 weeks. <laughs> the story goes on to say that Madoc and his crew continued north into the Tennessee Valley and were never heard from again. Era never. Years later, explorers claimed to have found a light-skinned tribe known as the Mandan, who spoke a language eerily similar to Welsh in the same region. What? How true? How how many truth points would you put in that, Dave? Uh, not a ton. No, not a ton. No. I I I mean, I will never uh, completely count out the plucky spirit of the Welsh. Oh sure. I mean, it's not unusual. <laughs> Nice. That was a really well placed one. <laughs> uh, you know, it's with them. There's always, you know, it's always what's new, Pussycat. Yep. <laughs> uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. I, I. I don't know. I don't know about that. That seems weirdly. It's like weirdly specific for how vague it is. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, no one knows anything except for in 1171, he went there, <laughs> landed at this spot. Then they disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've never heard of the Mandan. Yeah. Nor have I. I Um, You know, because I spend a lot of time in the Tennessee Valley talking about Native American tribes, and it's never come up in conversation. Weird. Never come up. Never come up. Hashtag never come up. But (laughs) so there you go, man. Moon-eyed people. (laughs) I love the idea of like weird ancient warfare and subterranean beardos <laughs> it's tr- yeah what a weird combination light skinned big eyes light sensitive and beards yeah never forget the beards they're, hey. they're like underground hipsters yeah <laughs> you know they're skinny too oh yeah you know they're fucking skinny they're just yeah. they've got so their skinny, skinny jeans so skinny they're, they're shirts that are <laughs> one size too too small, but still look good on them. Yeah, but it's casually good. It's like they didn't even put any effort into it. But oh, you know they did. Oh. You know they thought it through. Somebody just gave them a shirt and it fits. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got next? Oh man. Well, let's just trump up the East Coast. The fucking Boston Mass. Oh, Uh-oh. look out, everybody! You're front loading uh. this one. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you what, this, I am so excited. It's been a long time since I've been this excited about uh, a cryptid contestant. All the way from the New England Aquarium, Hoover, the talking seal. And I know what you're thinking. Is this just a Jeff knockoff? No, it isn't. Hoover (laughs) is American through and through. He could be Canadian. He's not. Oh. (laughs) He's American. Have you you heard his accent? Sorry. All right, here we go. Yes, another talking animal. 
could not be more stoked about this. But hold on to your herrings, my little minnows, because Hoover is legit AF. In May 1971, Scotty Dunning found a male harbor seal pup in Cundy's Harbor, Maine. Ooh. <laughs> oh, oh, yikes. I feel like we just got away with that. <laughs> he did try to find the, uh, the pup's mother, but couldn't, so he called in his uh, brother-in-law, George Swallow, to aid in the search. Sadly, yeah, dude, just okay. tighten that seatbelt because it just gets bumpier. <laughs> Uh, sadly, they were successful. They found that the mother was dead on the rocks, so they did what anybody at the beginning of a heartwarming story would do. They took the seal pup home and taught it to haint the Yankees. <laughs> Maine? The Maine guys hate the Yankees? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Everyone's a Red Sox fan up there. Okay. Uh, they fed it ground-up fish, which he, quote, sucked up like a hoover. Sucked up like a hoover there. <laughs> hence the disappointing name yeah i said it it's a disappointing name it could have been cooler anyway could have named him gilgamesh <laughs> true or or Enkidu. uh well that my friends is the last disappointment you're gonna get out of this story i mean i i already told you he's dead right okay all right fine fine then that that was the last disappointment because hoover the talking seal is totally dead and has been for like 30 years as you can imagine, a harbor seal raised on a steady diet of ground fish and Celtics highlights will grow and grow. He did over time. Special arrangements had to be made just to keep a steady supply of fish coming in for this guy to eat all the while. What? While all of this fish is going down, George Swallow would talk to Hoover all damn day. <laughs> Uh, apparently George repeated himself a lot. They would play a game of like hide and go seek. Yeah, that's great. Ezzy and I play that. Yeah. See, and soon Hoover started to mimic George's, uh, so we say distinct speech and phrases, even down to his filthy, filthy accent. Like all proud Bostonians, the day finally came when Hoover's parents kicked him out of the house. Wait, now he's in Boston. Yeah. Boston's own new England aquarium agreed to take Hoover. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's listen, this is an, I'm creating a narrative here. So just shut the f up. Let it happen. Wouldn't be Boston if it didn't bust your balls. It's right. It's true. Ah, say hi to your mother for me. Uh, Boston's own New England Aquarium agreed to take Hoover and were delighted when George told them that Hoover spoke. What? They were less delighted when it never happened. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. They assumed that the guy who was raising a seal in his bathtub may not have actually been entirely sane after all. But hey, free seal, right? <laughs> I love this fucking story. <laughs> that is until five wicked pissing years later when Hoover, finally at ease with his new surroundings, started making with the speech. <laughs> He started saying, hello there, and get out of there and come over here, which apparently was like the thing that George said the most because part of their hide-and-go-seek. <laughs> or, or Hoover just kept climbing into like the cabinets, yeah. try, trying to get uh, the Ritz out. <laughs> get out of there that, and come over here. That adolescent harbor seal's in the walls again. God, get out of there. Get come, out over of there. come over here. I got, uh, keep him out of the car. Get out of there. Come away. <laughs> so uh, Hoover 
as you can imagine, was an immediate giant smash success, even appearing on Good Morning America, because this is this really happened. Uh, so Hoover unfortunately died in 1985 of molting complications oh. and failing to say hi to your mother. But the spirit of Boston lives on in these magnificent recordings of classic New England inarticulate <laughs> shouting. It's like waiting in line for a urinal at a Bruins game. I love you, Hoover. <laughs> so we got some clips. Oh, yeah, we got clips. Uh, so Flora, pick the second one down, the auditory neuroscience oh. first. Hey, 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 hey. Is that the best fucking thing you've ever heard? I'm playing it again. So, the picture they've got with this is perfect too. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, there's a I got a, there's a couple other links, but most that that other link is like a forty some fifty minute thing that I had to like kind of parse through just to find a good cue of it. But this this auditory neuroscience clip is like is is the best one. If we only put one in, it should just be this one. <laughs> I just like to imagine that. Like, he was just minding his own business, and the minute like a seagull gets close to him, <laughs> that is the best. So there you go, everybody. My new personal hero and spirit animal, Hoover the talking seal. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, God. It's just how he goes, get over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. Hoover the talking seal. All right. Well, following that up with over in cold ass scandinavia yeah the holdra the land of ice quake Remember the land of the ice and snow the fairer sex of the fairy race the holdra are the scandinavian forest spirits also known as the talamaja maybe uh secretive and seductive the holdra are friends to charcoal makers and i don't know trees they're said to be wardens or protectors of territories and watch over the kilns of charcoal burners while they sleep. And in exchange, the charcoalers leave them provisions. Now, also, I learned charcoal burners also called colliers. Oh. Felt it was. Yeah. That's, that's another thing I learned. Hmm. 
like a well-manicured selfie, Huldra are beautiful from certain angles. But if you see them from behind, they appear hollow like an old tree and with a tail thrown in just to make sure you understand that this ain't the kind of girl you bring home to ma. Oh, no. You don't bring her home to mother. Also, don't mention the tail if you see it. Like, get get some manners. Yeah. Don't be a jag. You know, unless unless you kind of, like, work it in. Yeah, real to, like, smooth. To, like, break in the ice. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. real cool, like the other side of Billy D. Williams' pillow. Ooh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's two things you got to remember <laughs> if you want to have a good time. Number one, never forget the Colt 45. Number two, never forget number one. Number three, never mention a holder's tale unless you got a real good line about it. <laughs> and Chewy, hit the, the hyperdrive. <laughs> like many such forest folk, the Holdra have a reputation for using their beauty to lure the unwary deep into the forest where they play a brutal game of merry fuck kill. Literally. Literally. All options are on the table, and you don't know what you're going to get until they spin the wheel. There's an interesting line of folklore that is closely tied to the introduction of Christianity, where in some versions of the Holdra are unwashed children who were hidden from God and were forever cursed to stay forever hidden in the forever forest. Forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> Endeavor. Another version has the young and beautiful, but emotionally unstable, Holdra turn old and ugly, but also gentle and caring to the man who makes her Christian. Huh, so, baptize her. Yeah. She she becomes an, an old hag, but she takes care of you. Yeah, like real, real uh, heart of gold there. It's the classic, would you rather? Yeah. Uh, it's not a tough call. <laughs> they were known to procreate with humans, and it is said their children are special, gifted, and possess an incredible influence with the elements and earthen energies. I also heard that they were all also uh, shapeshifters. The Holdrober? Uh, the, 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 hy- the hybrid children. Oh, cool. Yeah. In one tale, a Holdra beats a man who had promised and failed to keep their engagement secret with her cow's tail until he loses his hearing and wits. Bam. Yeah, beaten with a cow's tail. In another, a Holdra reminds a husband who is treating her badly of her magical powers by straightening out a horseshoe still glowing from the forge with her bare hands. That'll make a point. Damn. Yeah. Holdra badass. Yeah, and who for, who on earth? Has like a mystical power laden super lady, and then it's like, uh, I'll probably just neg her for a while, treat her bad, you know, keep yeah. her keep her thirsty. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, dudes that, are no, idiots. No, no sense. And no one's dumber than a folklore dude. <laughs> there was one story where a boy in Tavidin went fishing, uh, but had no luck. Then he met a beautiful lady, and she was so dazzling that he felt he had to catch his breath. But then he realized who she was because he could see a fox's tail sticking out below the skirt. This this got real Japanesey, real fast. Yeah. As he knew that it was forbidden to comment on the tail to the lady of the forest, if it were not done in the most polite manner, he bowed deeply and said in a soft voice, <clears throat> Milady, I see that your petticoat shows below your skirt. 
The lady thanked him gracefully and hid her tail under her skirt, then gave him a voracious H.J. <laughs> telling the boy to fish on the other side of the lake. That day, the boy had great luck with his fishing, and he caught a fish every time he threw out the line. This was the Holdra's recognition of his politeness. That ended the righteous H.J. <laughs> I would, I would have taken a kiss instead. <laughs> oh, man. So there you go. That's the whole drug. So, boom. Three, three top contenders this week. I mean, listen, I can't vote, but if I could, I know what I'd do. <laughs> I feel like somebody's getting, getting a hand up or a hand out. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever they're getting, I just... Man, when I was doing my research and the minute I listened to that audio clip, I fell in love. <laughs> it was as though someone finally called out to me and said, hey, 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 get over here, get over here. <laughs> and I followed. Jeez Louise. So let's, uh, let's open a window and clear out the scent of cryptids in here. And right. Sexiness and hilariousness. And let's, let's get the nice scent of Puns! Oh yeah, yeah. Let's clear the air with m- more more puns. So, did you know? Did you ever hear, Flora, the uh, legends in Appalachia of a a tribe of people, very secretive, very small, diminutive, living deep in the forest, and most of the time you never even saw them, but you would see their fingerprints on the rocks, small dark smears here and there, and when you got close, it smelled pretty sweet, and you realized these were. Sticky chocolate fingerprints everywhere. <laughs> because that there's a tribe that lives deep in the forest known as the Moon Pied people. <laughs> moon Pie. <laughs> yeah. I had to do it before everyone else on Earth did it. I jumped on that grenade. That's right. Did you know that uh, if you're out in a Scandinavian forest and you happen to catch a glimpse of a female figure across mm-hmm. the clearing, you don't want to sneak up on them. That's a bad idea. No. Right, but, uh, but you approach and you're mannerly, but you know they're they're kind of homely. They're not very attractive. Oh, they're they're just boring conversationalists. They no. don't have any interest. They don't want to know anything about you. Then you better turn tail and run because you've just run into a doldra. Uh- <laughs> <sighs> so there you go. And then I went to the DMV. <laughs> And I got in line, and it was a long line. <laughs> oh, uh, I like that. Well, them's puns, everybody. That's and right. Now, now we turn it over to you. You've got to vote for one of these swell, swell, elegant ladies, sometimes men, sometimes seals. <laughs> Go over to the homepage, blowyourphotos.org. Cast your vote under the big orange Patreon banner. Figure out who's going to make it to the finals. And That's speaking right. of to the finals, we have the winner of week two <sighs> of this cryptid contest. So the choices for week two were the beast of land between the lakes. Yeah. The Popobawa and the Yowie. <sighs> That's tough. That's a tough call. Because the land between the lakes has just classic American cryptid written all over it. Mm-hmm. The Popobawa is got uh, well, it's it's got a lot of sex in it. Sex sells. 
And then the Yowie just has that irresistible Australian je ne sais quoi, uh-huh. mate. Uh, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm putting it, I'm putting it like this. this is, I'm calling it like this. I'm calling it. You know what? I'm not even doing the trifecta anymore. It just bites me in the ass, and it's irrelevant. But I'm calling. I'm gonna go put my my vote for the Yowie. I think the Yowie's gonna take this week. I oh. think that's that's gonna be our winner. All right. Well, the votes are in, and the winner of week two. Of the 2017 Miss Cryptid contest is the Popobawa. Whoa! Shape changing sodomizer, making your dreams come true. <laughs> the first hit by Moonlight Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. man, I didn't Popo-bawa. I didn't see that coming, but then again, neither neither did any of them. Oh. <laughs> That's how it gets you. It's like you wrote it. That's how it gets you. Congratulations, Popo Bawa. You will be joining the Wampus Cat in the finals. Yeah. Oh, man. So there we go. That's two down. Yep. One more week to go, everybody. So make sure to vote and get, uh, get that in. And make remember, every vote, that's another opportunity to win the glorious, fantabulous, scrumtrelescent Ms. Cryptid 2017 prize pack, including the wild card. No, it's not a shower curtain. Stop asking. Also including a Golden Goatman replica for your very uh-huh. own. That's right. That's and, right. Uh, partnering with Monsters Among Us podcast, we have a special item from Rag and Bone Emporium from Derek of Monsters Among Us. Dave, I think it's going to be a Bigfoot molar. Really? Like a framed... Like Bigfoot molar art piece. That's awesome. Something like that. Yeah. So yeah, very exciting. Check his stuff out. Rag in Bone Emporium. Yeah. uh, At Etsy and uh, Monsters Among Us podcast. And make sure to check out cryptidcrate.com. That's his uh, monthly subscription box where you get a bunch of cool cryptozoological stuff, toys, stickers, books, all that good stuff. So Thanks to everybody who's participated so far. The numbers have been great this year. It's great to see you guys interested and engaged. Yes, indeed. Always setting records, and I love it. That's right. So thanks, everybody. We'll see you in the finals. We'll, yes, we'll, you will. we'll announce the winner of this on next week's episode, and then you'll have one more vote, and that'll be it for us. So, yep. Then we'll know. And then the episode after that, we'll announce the winners. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>